What's up everybody, this is Aaron Burke. I am your host for Made For More and we give monthly content to help leaders and I hope this is helping you. Thank you for all the likes and shares and subscribing. If you haven't subscribed, do me a favor, push that button right now on YouTube or push that button right now on whatever app you are listening to this from. We hope that this content's been helping you and I hear about it all the time. So tag me on Instagram and make sure uh, you let me know what you're learning. Today I am with one of the great leaders in the world today. I'm telling you, he has a book that just came out and uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, you can see the book right here, Don't Quit in the Dip. What a lesson that leaders and pastors and uh, parents and people that are married need today is to not quit. Uh, so we're going to talk about it in just a second, but Pastor Sean Nepstad is with us and just preached multiple services at Radiant, did an incredible job. If you're a pastor listening to this, you need to get a hold of his stuff. But let me just ask you real quick, give us a little background of your family, who you are, kind of where you pastor at, what you do. Sure. My name is Sean Nepstad, of course, and married to Diana Nepstad. Four girls under the age of two when they were first born. That is crazy. <laughs> you, yeah, two, one, and twins are zero because we're really good planners. Yeah. But, uh, we pastor in the San Francisco Bay Area and started church with 22 people 19 years ago. Crazy. And uh, I'll talk about my story a little bit later, but man, it's just such an honor to be here. Well, I appreciate it. And one of the things we like to do is just kind of give people a little behind the scenes. So I ask you just a couple questions. Any any shows you watch on Netflix that you go, man, I just binge watched this one. It's good. <laughs> it just gives us a little insight into your life. Well, I, I like I like shows that are like comedy. My wife always wants to watch something serious and a yeah. crime show. I'm like, let's put on Seinfeld. You know, like yeah, something mindless and I could veg out to and not pay attention. That's awesome. All right. I asked this question because I think it helps a lot. If you could eliminate a fast food restaurant off the face of the planet, nobody would ever have to eat there again mm. to do the planet a service. Which fast food restaurant would you remove? Gosh, that's tough. I mean, I'm not a fast food guy, right? Um, but I think I would have to go with, let's go. Oh, are we gonna get sued from this? Like, no, I don't. I don't hope not. We're not defending. Defamation. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> I won't say the name. It sounds like pack in the box. Oh, pack in the box. Is that all right? Yeah, we don't have it here in Florida. It. Yeah, you so, don't. So no, no, we don't have that in Florida. So uh, for all those that are watching, that's because I started the campaign to do away with it. Yeah, years you ago. did a good job. You did a good job. All right, last question, and then we'll get into the content. Uh, <laughs> favorite cereal. Oh, let's go Lucky Charms. Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to love Lucky well, Charms. Well, as a kid, I would eat all the... The, the regu- marshmallows. Yeah, marshmallows by themselves. Save that for the last. Oh, you just eat just the regular yeah, stuff. Yeah, and I, I feel like it's balancing it out. Like, I that my reward is the marshmallows at the end. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so stupid. What am I, third grade? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. All right, we are here talking about leaders, man, leaders that are struggling, leaders that are listening sure. to this right now. And it's just, it's been a difficult season for our planet. Yeah. And um, I love, even as you talked about the book, you're like, man, you don't want to release a book during COVID. Yeah. That's the worst I, time to release a book. I literally told our publisher, guys, I can't release a book in COVID. And they said... We have to right now. We're in a worldwide dip. Right, right. I joke and say, some of y'all feel like you're in a seven-layer dip. You know, like <laughs> just one dip after another and another. That is the truth. And, and so God, what's your encouragement for leaders during this time? Oh, gosh. There's so much. And, you know, I'll tell you a quick story. My four daughters, I told you, were four under two. Well, when they were like five, four, and twins were three, they didn't know what the ice cream truck was. And I feel partly responsible for this because it was me that when it came around, I told them, girls, that's the music truck. (laughs) That's what that thing is. And so for two solid years, they had no clue. Every time the music truck would come around, they would get confused. They'd come outside. They're smiling. They're waving. We had a lot of confused drivers like, 
did you want me to stop? I'm like, keep it moving, buddy. Right, and right. For everybody who's judging me right now, listen to this. You think I'm a mean parent. Do you know how much money I saved? Yeah, absolutely. It $4? was a dollars decision. $4 for an ice cream sandwich times four? <laughs> no, thank you. Well, all of that changed one day right. when I dropped them off at grandma's house. And they came out one day with eyes wide as saucers. Right. And... I said to my daughter, what's what's wrong? She's daddy, daddy, guess what? I said, what is it, baby? She said, the music truck has ice cream too. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma great. ruined everything ruined in that. It all. No longer were they satisfied for overpriced ice cream right. treats. I mean, dan- dancing, they wanted the ice cream treats. And, and I use that funny analogy because this podcast is called Made for More. Mm-hmm. And they... There was more available, and they just didn't know it. Wow. Like, we all need the grandma. We all need somebody. We all need this podcast. We need a voice of encouragement, a small group, a church, someone to come into our life and say, look, I know what you have been experiencing is subpar, but there is more available in God. And sometimes you have to listen to someone who's been on the other side, because there's been seasons in your life, knowing your story, where you felt like it was it. It was the end. And there's probably some people listening right now, and they think, okay, I've reached my limit. I've reached the, you know, the end of what I can do. It's time for me to move on. Yeah. But there's something about getting past that and moving past that. I really wrote this book out of pain. I mean, tears streaming down my face as I'm typing because I wrote it in severe pain and anxiety. Like it took several years to write this book, but it took several years to get me to where we are. Wow. And I remember literally under my desk crying one day. Because we started our church at 24 years old, which you have to be half crazy. You have to be to crazy. start a church at 24. You know, I'm I'm three quarter crazy on my daddy's side. I'm fifth generation <laughs> pastor on both sides, and it was kind of insinuating. Just preach real hard and have great worship, but the church will grow. Right. That might work for somebody. Some people. It wasn't working for us. Wow. And th- seven years of zero growth. We hit 300 and then just plateaued. Which 300 is a great size church. Right. But what do you do when the dream inside of you is not matching the reality that's in front of you? Wow. Like fatigue leads to frustration and frustration leads you to settling for something inferior. Say that again because that's a great phrase right there. Yeah. Fatigue leads to frustration. Right. Frustration doesn't stay put. No. It leads you to settling for something inferior. You Despair sneaks in. So I'm literally under my desk. I had just preached faith on the weekend. (laughs) And now Tuesday, I'm under my desk because I don't want anybody to know. I'm crying my eyes out saying, God, where are you? Like, Right. Like you, where where's this great and marvelous stuff you promised in Jeremiah thirty three three, and I prayed to God this, which many people you're there, you don't think you're the man for the job, you don't think you're the woman for the job, you think somebody else can do it, and you think somebody else should do it. Well, sometimes that's the case, but many times we're ready to quit way before God wants us to. Wow. So I'm I'm begging God, show me another pastor to take this church to where it needs to go. I've hit my lid, and here's a scary thing, Aaron. I accepted it. Hmm. Like we all have a lid and Maxwell teaches you can lift right. the lid, but what you can't lift the lid if you accept it. Right. We just go around living with this lid. Well, he doesn't, he doesn't show me another pastor to pass it to. He just begins to develop me in the dip. And in the book, it's really a journey. Don't go in the dip. It's, it's everybody has this idea of success, this, this God dream. Well, there's a dip before you get there. And most people quit right there. Right. And you'd agree with this and every everybody listen to this podcast, that successful people, they're not exempt from a dip. Right. They just didn't stop. Galatians 6, 9 is that don't become weary. Don't grow weary in doing right. well. For at the proper time, you will reap a harvest. Key critical component here if you don't give up. So sometimes you you get where you're supposed to go just because you're the last man standing. Yeah. You know? it's not, I don't feel like I'm the first one picked 
for our community. Right. But you just can't quit. So the idea is there's there are lessons to be learned in the dip. Then there's some stuff you have to leave behind in the dip. And then you have to understand your destiny's on the other side of the dip. You know, with the COVID season, there's so many pastors and leaders that they have quit. They've thrown in the towel. They shut the business. I actually was having a conversation with someone the other day, and I said, "Listen, I think we'll be okay if we just if we just don't quit this thing yeah. because just the the idea that we're going to be the last man standing here. I mean, and Show it's the up. same thing with 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 what you're saying in leadership. There's so many people that they are success only because they didn't stop when yeah. everybody else stopped. Totally. So the first thing is we got to kind of make a decision to to not stay there and not stay in that dip. How did you get out of it? Because in that season of low of anxiety, I mean, reading the scripture is great. I mean, yeah. did that move you to the other side? I mean, what was it? That- no, you got to get the right people around you. You need okay. your tribe. So we start a prayer meeting, which I, I catch on really fast. Seven years. Hey, guys, maybe we should pray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got a great idea. Got this new thing we're going to call prayer meeting. Right. And um, we banked on Jeremiah 33.3. Call to me. I'll answer, God said, and I'll show you great and marvelous. So uh, we, we became connected with the ark and got grafted into that family. And I just started having the voices, the right people in, in the right places speaking into your life. And not just encouraging voices. You need some people who can say you're a, you're a moron. Right. You're acting like what what are you doing? This is where you need to go. Like walk therein. And so you need the right voices and you have to be hungry and and want it. Like I begin to learn from people and not just like if I can get a, a half hour with you. You're an incredible leader. And other leaders um like Maxwell and these other guys, Hodges. So good. And it, when I'm with them, when I first started being with them, I would have a list of questions. Yep. And I'd say, I, w- I want to get my questions answered. But I wasn't just trying to get my answers. I want to learn how they process information. How, how they, they come think. to that yes. conclusion. Yes. Because if I give you a math equation and, and I, you don't know the answer, I give you the answer. You didn't learn how to do it. Right. But if I teach you how to do that, you can do that later on your own. You don't need to call me. So I went on this mission of learning from proven models and applying it quickly. Because sometimes when we coach people, we give them everything that we have. Right. And then they come back six months. Hey, can I have another meeting? Well, what did you do with what we gave you? Oh, well, we're still praying about still things. Yeah, that doesn't work for us. Well, you haven't tried it. Yeah. Right. So you're you're just thinking about it. You're in the thinking phase. Right. Well, I can't follow somebody like that. No. And nobody else will. If in your organization, your church... It's horrible to follow somebody who's not moving. Oh, you know, to come really to a. Come, yeah. Have you ever been to a stoplight and the light changes green? The person in front of you has loud music and they're on their phone and they don't move when it's their turn to go. You're honking your horn, you know. And back in the day, I had a Honda. You know, I hated honking this Honda because it was like a, a really weak horn. It was like, right. me, me, like yeah, 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 yeah. Can I get over? It doesn't like, explain no, how I angry need, you are. I need yeah. a big old Chevy <laughs> horn, but. Um, so that, that person in front of you, they're, they're making a lot of noise, and they sure are interested in everybody else's life, but they, when it comes to them moving, they're not moving. Right. So think about the people you're leading in your organization. How frustrating is it to have somebody who's not moving? Right. Even if it's in the wrong direction, at least make a turn. And right. then you can say, this is not the way that's making you turn, let's come back. And, but uh, I begin to implement everything I learned quickly, and the church began to grow into multiple thousands. Let me ask you a question on that, because you said even in the debt, there's some things you have to leave behind. How did you get over that loss of like, okay, if I'm going to implement their models, that means some of the things I've done and held on to, 
and was sold because a lot of times we don't move forward because we're so stuck on sure. I'm going to make my thing work or we have our sacred cow. Yeah. How'd you get over that? Well, you have to die to yourself. You know, yeah. Paul said I died daily. Right. And uh, I buffet my, my body. I buffet my body daily. <laughs> no, I buffet. So it's like I, there has to come an end to yourself hmm. where I don't need it from me. Right. Anymore. At first, I needed it for me. I needed it for my ego. I needed it for all this. I, I needed to have the best idea. Yeah. yeah. So don't try to invent, reinvent the wheel, but learn from proven models. And um, we got to a place where we literally were, were trying stuff so quickly. And then we began to see some progress because many people, if you're listening to this podcast, you, you're a leader. If you're a leader, you probably struggle with the same thing. And that is you can do it really well. So it's hard to pass it to anybody else. And what happens is we end up treating leadership like like grandma's recipes. Grandma or your mom, she's an amazing cook, your dad. But when you try to get in the kitchen, they're like, oh, just uh, let me do it. And they grabbed it from you. Get out of the kitchen. You're making a mess. And they knew it's going to take time. It's going to take it's going to make a mess if you help me and if I teach you. So what happens is we end up having generations that die with the recipes. Wow. We end up having generations that can't pass the recipes down because they weren't willing to take time to invest in the next generation. And that's what that's what a lot of us need. We need we need fathers. Yes. We need mother like like I was at a conference one day and they asked a young preacher, so I was like thirty five at the time, and they said, What's the greatest need of your generation? And nobody answered. I leaned forward and I was like, uh, fathers. Right. We need fathers real bad. We got a lot of teachers, but we like fathers, Paul said. Yeah. And then I said this way, we have a lot of mentors, but we like fathers. And I'll never forget it because one guy in the back of the church, he raised his hand. Like, you don't raise your hand in a Q. Like, it's not right. a Q&A. Right. It's, it's right. a panel. Yeah. He's like, what's the difference? And I'll, I didn't, I'll never forget what I said. I'm glad he asked it because I was about to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he's the one. Well, I had never thought about it before. Right. And it just came to me on the spot. I said it, and I think it, there might be some truth to it. I said, well, a mentor is somebody you can call. A father is somebody who calls you. Wow. Like we, we have a need for fathering. Yeah. And I found a father, a spiritual father, that began to take us under their wing. And for 13 years, we, we felt very fatherless, apart but fatherless, and had a lot of great uncles and a lot of great aunts. But, right. Um, I felt like the Lord allowed us to do that so we can try and possibly be the best fathers now. Now, I can't father everybody, and right. that's why everybody needs to be doing this at some right. stage. But um, How, What's your encouragement for, for guys that go, I need that? Where do I find it? Where do I look? How do I get what you've got? Well, you do have to look for it. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to seek it out. Right. If you want accountability or mentorship, you seek it out. Right. Don't, we're always expecting somebody just to drop out of heaven <clears throat> and say, oh, I'm now going to be your mentor. But if you want it, you seek it out. But also, I think we all want great fathers, but we haven't learned how to be great sons. That is a key, right? And there. great daughters. Right. You know, we're, we, we all, and then there are people who want to be a father, but they've never learned how to be a son first. Right. <clears throat> so, be someone's son be someone's daughter like serve them you know the difference or the commonality that joseph and daniel had was that they served another man's vision before god gave them their own they served another man's dream before god gave them their own and i would encourage you to get behind someone like that is going places that is moving and give your life to serve and god he sees that right he's not going to overlook that you're not going to be he's no man's debtor but um, yeah, there are lessons that you have to learn in the dip, and and um, 
it's it's hard because a lot of us <clears throat> I, I play basketball a lot and uh you play you know i'm tall yeah but that's about you're all i have going guy. i'm a crossfit guy but everybody thinks you play basketball when you're tall right 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 and i'm like no there's so no you skill. can beat somebody down but maybe right. not score okay i right, got you right <laughs> I, I wish i had the, the abilities but go ahead okay seventh grade i'll take you back to seventh grade all right playing the this high the, the junior high rival uh, campus in, in a school we're playing we're, we're down by two points the crowd begins to scream three two one I launch a full court shot the ball goes up rainbows comes down hits the backboard almost goes in and then bounces to the other team I look up the entire stands are laughing at me and I'm like what are you laughing at like that's a tough shot you know, for a junior high kid going through puberty to throw right, it right. no, it's and almost deal. make it. Yeah. Well, they're pointing to the clock. I look over the clock. There's three and a half minutes still left on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the biggest moron, the biggest idiot. And honestly, for a lot of you listening, um, the devil's trying to get you to believe it's over. Right, right. Like he literally is counting three two it's not over till god says it's over right last time i checked my bible still says he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it the devil's just trying to get you to think it's over so you make a bad decision right and many of you are struggling with that you have to know god has more yeah what are your what's your advice for people that go okay i want to get out of this dip i want to move forward i'm gonna get the right people around me what other advice do you have for some leaders that go man it's just been a long time been in the struggle somebody it's been since 2020. Now we're a year and a half into this pandemic when it just feels like the dip's knocking in. What do yeah. we do? Well, it's hard because James, the half-brother of Jesus, promises that trials actually are working. And um, all through the Bible, it talks about what God is doing. He's building. Like, we mm-hmm. hate the process. Right. And James 1 says, count it all joy whenever you go through trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience and right. let patience have its perfect work so that you could be mature complete lacking nothing well we all want to be mature complete lacking nothing but we don't want to test right but that's the only way this stuff happens and you alluded to it earlier in the podcast like when you're going through it you don't want to you don't want advice from somebody who's who's not had the issue you want somebody who was bankrupt and then rebuilt you yes want somebody who was at the very end of their life and then rebuilt you want that story i don't want to hear how good it's been all your life right i want because your story gives me hope right well um my wife's a classically trained opera singer and like legit that's that's impressive yeah she she was on her way and um actually um the first african-american tenor of the metropolitan opera asked her to come and intern under her she did, he saw something of, of potential in her, in in her and wanted her to come. Well, she was far from God at that time. She actually said no. She turned it down, dropped out of school with twelve credits shy of graduating. So she had a promising career. I'm not saying she would have been the most famous singer, but she did have a career. Right, in sure. It. Well, I decide one day. Oh, she comes back and gives her heart to Jesus. We meet, so it's it's worked out okay. Uh, she's blessed. Anyway, right, 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 right. <laughs> Turned out good. Okay. Okay. So I'm I'm the husband. I'm like I'm going to take you to go see Phantom of the Opera. You're an opera singer. I'm going to take you to see Phantom of the Opera. And she schools my novice mind, Sean. It's not an opera. It's a musical. I'm like, uh, you need to take it out of the name. Then, right, right. That's yeah, confusing. Yeah. Well, it's a musical. So nonetheless, we we sit there for about an hour, and and all of a sudden the curtains close, and I'm like, oh, that's a weird place to end. And she says, oh, Sean, it's it's not the end. It's intermission. 
Oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. Wow. So we get up, we exit stage right, go to the lobby, get popcorn and soda, come back after 20 minutes, and nothing has changed. Curtains are closed. Nothing has changed. Well, I didn't know, Aaron, was that while we were out in the lobby stuffing our face with popcorn and soda, there was an entirely different team working behind the scenes so that when the curtains opened, everything had changed. Hmm. There was a new set. Right. New cast, new characters, new costumes. I didn't know this other team was working behind the scenes to create something totally different. Wow. And many of us are here, and we don't know Romans 8. We, we preach it, but don't know if we really believe it, that right. God is working. He is working. He's working all things together for good to those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. The big thing is don't confuse your intermission with your finale. Wow, what a statement. Like we're right in we're right, in it right, right. now. Yeah. And James tells you he like it's this is not something that he's he's just sprung on us. Yep. Like hey guys, right. It, we know it. Right. Leaders we know you cannot get to the destination without the flight. You can't get right. to maturity and completeness and right. without a process. <clears throat> so it's embracing the season that you're in. There's so many leaders and they it's like a good movie. You know, every good movie has that tension, that middle part that it seems all is lost. Yeah. But for some reason in our life, we forget that that all is lost is necessary for the beautiful story that God's doing. Mm. But if we quit in the middle, it's a tragedy yeah. instead of something that's a beautiful thing. Um, you wrote an incredible book, probably one of the necessary books for people to get. How do people get your book? You can get it anywhere books are sold. Amazon, Barnes Noble. Target, Walmart, wherever. How do people stay in contact with you, Sean? Uh, you can follow us at seanepstad.com. Uh, also, Sean Nepstad at Instagram and all the good stuff on it. He um, is an incredible social. leader. You got a lot of lessons in this book. You preached a great message today at Radiant. And we're glad that you listened to this. This is made for more. I hope it's helping you be the leader God has called you to be. Here's the word for today. Ready? Just don't quit. Mm. Keep going. There's something great on the other side. We will see you next month. And make sure you like, subscribe, share this with your friends. And I hope it's going to help a lot of people. Thanks, Sean, for being with us. Appreciate being here.